Hey everyone and welcome back to the Cat Eye podcast. So I just felt like recording one. It's only actually a couple of days after I just recorded uh, last week's episode. Um, and I just really didn't feel like doing the homework that I'm supposed to be doing, to be honest. I'm just in a real, like, not into it kind of a mood. Um, couldn't be bothered with my hair. Still did the eyeliner, though, in case you saw, um, the highlight on the YouTube channel last week. I tried, like, the eyeliner. I felt like it would kind of be fun to do, like, a cat eye kind of a look. Um, so I've tried to, you know, put in the effort to do that again, which, FYI, I'm not very good. So, like... Don't expect anything professional. It's not good. I'm like practicing as I'm doing also for like myself because like I was like, oh, it would be really cool to be able to like do eyeliner and have no problem with it. So it's like for me, it's for the channel, it's for whatever. So that's just what the situation is. I was like, let's just go full like no bra, hair's fucked, like no give shits, whatever the fuck it is. Like I just like could not be bothered today to be honest. I um, actually had a kind of productive morning, really. I was like, did a whole bunch of food prepping. So I've made like a whole bunch of like bolognese sauce, cut up a whole bunch of like fruit and stuff to have in the fridge, um, that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, wow, like I'm really on one today. Like I am popping off with my productivity. And then I thought, okay, well, once Harry leaves, like I'll be able to like, you know, sit down and really power through some assignments and that's just like not shaping out. I think I've been sitting here for like two hours and I still haven't actually done anything that I was supposed to yet. So I was like, fuck it, I'll do something else productive. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so that's kind of how that went, but whatever, it's fine. Um, I thought I would start off or sort of base today's episode on um, sort of designer breeds and like pure breeds and stuff like that the industry uh, that I'm in obviously being a vet nurse I do see a lot of purebred dogs and particularly designer breed dogs and I just feel like I might have an insight to some of these breeds uh, for things that people may not think of um I do think there's a lot of obliviousness though when it comes to uh, the breeds that people are getting, I think a lot of it comes down to the looks of the dog. Like, you know, people, when they go, what kind of dog do you want? They go, oh, I want something that's, you know, small, medium, large, or, you know, long or short hair, you know, does it shed, does it not shed, stuff like that. And that's kind of what people tend to base um, a lot of their decisions on when they're picking a breed, as opposed to things such as uh, energy requirements. I know that's coming out obviously more now, like people do take into account on some level, the energy needs of the dog. Um, and then also, uh, health issues, which I don't think people really think about as a thing to research when they're looking into dogs. I mean, I don't think there's as much research as there should be for dogs. I think people sort of take it as a token pet that, you know, everyone has dogs. So what sort of research do I need to do for it? But I think you're forgetting the fact that, um, there's a lot that goes into it. They're high maintenance pets. They're not just, you know, something that you buy and then you just forget about. So I think it's important to go over some of these things and particularly some of the breeds that I have a bit of a problem with that are really spiking in popularity that I just think it would be good if people heard like an alternate side of things um, and just things to think about when you are buying or purchasing a dog or adopting a dog or anything like that. Just things to think about um, that maybe you didn't before. Um, I mean, first off, just on the topic of dogs in general, just like do your research on what a dog, no matter the breed, needs, like vaccinating, worming, all that sort of stuff. Because like worming, 
It depends what you're on. The system that we at my particular practice use is once a month, which a lot of them are. Um, so that's, you know, an ongoing cost for the rest of their life. Once a month, they need to be deworm, deflect, all that, deticked if that's your area. Um, same thing with vaccinations. That's a yearly expense. And then there's food and stuff like that. Obviously, the larger the dog, the more expensive the food is. But you want a high quality food. A lot of the ones that you actually find in supermarkets um, are kind of like feeding your dog McDonald's every day. They're not actually of a good quality as much as they might have endorsements from certain people that, you know, or, you know, vets recommend, blah, blah, blah. I just think like you're really better off doing your research on high quality foods and like asking vets what they recommend for your dog um, just to be aware of it. Um, but the main thing, as I said, is just looking up the health risks. So the brachycephalic breeds have really come into popularity lately. So when I'm talking about brachycephalic, it's like any of those breeds with the squishy faces um, that are really I think some people said that they look a bit like more human because they've got the flatter face which I heard once I don't know if that I, I, I don't see it personally but apparently that was like a thing um but so we're talking about like um French Bulldogs Pugs uh Boston Terriers that sort of thing um boxes even are a little bit like that um and even I mean that can be for cats as well so like something like um a Persian is also a brachycephalic breed. Um, so it's not just in dogs, it's cats as well. Uh, and they, particularly I've seen a lot of like the French Bulldogs and the British Bulldogs and stuff are really, really popular at the moment. And they're also very expensive um, to buy even just a puppy. Uh, you know, I've heard people say like average being $6,000, but I've heard one guy come in saying he bought one for 15,000, which is a lot of money. Like if you've got that sitting there and you're happy to spend that on a puppy, like by all means go for it. I just hope that you realize the dog that you're buying, uh, because I feel like, um, these breeds, and again, I'm going to sort of go back on sort of more the French bulldogs and, uh, British bulldogs and stuff like that. Um, they're kind of in a way like designed to break. Uh, they just, the way that they've been bred, which is completely our fault, their faces are so squished in that they cannot breathe properly. Like they're just them in general, like that, you know, everyday function that nobody even thinks about and just takes for granted, they cannot do effectively. So when they say things like, you know, oh, be careful when it's hot, like don't take them walking when it's hot. It's like, yeah, because they can't breathe on a good day. So like if you take them out when it's hot and they're puffing and panting, they cannot get the oxygen in that they need. So um, a lot of the time you need to do corrective surgery to open up their nostrils so that they have, uh, you know, more air can even be getting into their nostrils. And then also they've got a little fleshy bit at the back of their throat called a soft palate, which is often elongated, uh, which needs to be shortened so that again, they can get that um, that air down them that they need to. If you're ever wondering, the soft palate kind of can make them have that real like snorting kind of a noise. So sometimes that can reduce from getting it removed. Um, so that's just things to think about, but it's also anatomy of dogs as well. So like things like, um, I mean, again, the French bulldog has it, but like things like dachshunds and stuff, we've manipulated them and German shepherds as well, like manipulated them to have this physique that we, you know, believe is, correct and you know following the the kennel clubs and stuff like that and the designer dog look which ends up actually detrimental to the dog and so people buy these pu these breeds and um these puppies thinking 
they're from show quality dogs and they should be really healthy and everything like that. But like forgetting the fact that uh, the quality that they're breeding for is not always the best for the dog's health, if that makes sense. So like, as I said, the German Shepherd, so it's, you know, hind quarters can be sort of hunched down and sort of crouching and it can make them really, um, you know, have a lot of arthritis issues and can hurt them in the future, in, yeah, in the future when they get older or like dachshunds, their little legs that we've made so short so that their tummies touch the bottom, they can be all twisted and awkward. Um, and French Bulldogs, their backs from where we've made them sort of this compact little tough thing has ended up giving them like a V spine, um, if that makes sense. So I just think it's really important to think about uh, what you're getting before you actually get it and really doing your research on the problems that they can get so that you're prepared because a lot of the time it seems like people get the dog and they don't actually they take into account that there will be a cost but they don't uh, look up what could go wrong because who wants to think about that I mean it's not very nice uh, but it's important to look at because you need to be able to be prepared for what may happen and if you know being affording arthritis medication and you know surgeries and stuff like that if that's not in your budget then maybe a purebred dog isn't for you and that's not saying you can't get a dog I mean I personally would pick a mutt over a purebred in terms of health quality um, you know a thousand times over because crossbreeds just tend to be healthier um, that's not to say that I wouldn't get a you know purebred dog I mean I have breeds that I like but I'm also fully aware of what I'm taking on if I was to get one. So I think that's just something to think about um, as well that, you know, yes, you pay all this money for the, like the puppy or the dog at the start, but then, you know, are you prepared to pay possible thousands later on in life for these surgeries that they require or for these medications that they require? Um, and, you know, even behavioral aspects, things like staffies that are so popular and they are great dogs, but they can suffer from really bad separation anxiety. And, you know, are you prepared to deal with the possible destruction that comes from that? Or, you know, are you close to neighbors where a lot of barking is going to be, you know, a bit of a hassle between you and your neighbors or, um, you know, anything like that? I mean, it's just, it's just things to think about. Um, but in saying that, as I said, I mean, I have breeds that I particularly like. I mean, I mentioned one actually earlier, the boxers. I love them. I think they're fantastic. But I'm aware of the fact that, you know, again, their noses can sometimes be funny, obviously not as bad as the British Bulldog and the French Bulldog and stuff like that. But, um, you know, that's another thing to consider. Also, they're prone to cancers, which I am aware of, and I'm prepared to deal with that. Uh, but I just think their personalities, you know, go above and beyond for me for that one. Um, I also just wanted to mention as well about greyhounds. Um, I know they're spiking in a bit of popularity lately with a lot of more of the, um, awareness coming to them, but I think they're like, honestly, they're so good. They're actually my favorite breed. Um, I just think they're so perfect for people and, they, you know, for me, I have a little bit of bias in that my family was involved with greyhounds. So like from a kid, I've known about them and been in love with them. So I am a little bit biased, but you know, they're a big dog with a short coat. So, you know, if you want that really big dog experience, but you also don't want to deal with the hair, then that's not a problem. You know, you know, there's no brushing or anything like that. They're also not a high energy dog. Yes, they, you know, were bred as sprinters and stuff like that. But honestly, like a fucking 15 minute walk and they're pretty happy, like they're couch potatoes. So 
you know, if you're a bit of a busier person, you may, or you just don't feel like going for those really excessively long walks, um, then maybe that's for you. And, you know, they're just sweet and lovely dogs. And there's so many of them that you know, need homes and stuff like that, that I think that they're a really good option that people don't always think about because they just see them as these, you know, muzzled dogs that go after rabbits, which not saying that that isn't necessarily true, but I just think there's so many great qualities about them that it's unfair to just marginalize them like that. Um, so yeah, I just thought I'd put them out there. Um, and I just thought as well, I'd mentioned with, uh, long haired breeds, I know the grooming is a thing, but I think it's really important to be prepared to brush because you can go to the groomer every six weeks, but that doesn't mean your dog's hair or your cat even isn't getting matted, particularly cats, because it can be more difficult to get them groomed in a way like shaving them down and starting that whole growing process again. We get a lot of cats that come in that are so matted from their long hair where either the owners can't brush them or didn't, you know, get them used to brushing from a young age. And now these cats are coming in, which are, you know, so heavily matted. They have to be sedated to be able to do because they get finicky with it because it hurts. I mean, that's another thing that people don't always think about as well. Um, is the fact that if your hair is matted and, you know, you're a cat or a dog and you're walking on four legs, if your hair is matted, you know, under your arms or on your tummy or something like that, or even uh, near your tail, movement can really hurt. Um, so, you know, you might get like, oh, my cat's getting really finicky and, you know, and it's old age. It's like, no, it just can't brush itself, you know, clean itself and groom itself. It's getting matted. It's getting sore and it hurts when you pick it up or when they're moving around a lot. So it's important to be on top of that and really trying to be able to brush them, even if it's just, you know, through your hands and stuff like that, just to try and, you know, keep it from getting to that matted level because it's just, it's not fair on them either. Like it's just, it's not a nice situation all around them. It's not very fair to keep having to knock them out just to mat them. Obviously, you know, if you have to, you have to, it is what it is, but it's just worth being aware of that. Like if you're going to be getting a long haired breed, you should be prepared to brush them. Um, the other thing as well with mentioning of the exercise part of things. So, uh, I mentioned about, you know, that dogs require a lot of exercise and that's true for most breeds anyway, but then you've got these working breeds like for instance, the border collie and the Kelpie, um, and stuff like that, that again, are, you know, pretty popular with people and even stuff like, um, pointers or Hungarian visualers or even a Labrador, and they're high energy, obviously, you know, Labrador may be less so than the Border Collie, but a Labrador was a working dog. So they need a good half an hour, if not more, walk to run every day to get out that energy. Border Collies and Kelpies in particular, you know, they're supposed to be on a farm running all day. So, you know, taking them out for a quick 20 minute walk around the block when you get home from work probably isn't going to get out their energy and that's just another thing to be aware of when you're buying these breeds is being aware of what they were bred for so that you can do what's best for them because we see we see so many border collies and they're living in suburbia which is fine but you need to be able to take care of those instincts and those urges that they have um, because otherwise they just end up being you know disobedient or destructive or anything like that which obviously you don't want you know in your house um, it's just another thing to be prepared for. So, uh, yeah, I don't really <laughs> have too much else to put on there, I guess. And we just wanted to more put out those few things because I feel like it always gets uh, overlooked a little bit. And I just don't think 
that it should be, I guess. I just think that people are sort of take the owning a dog or cat for granted and they're just not doing the ample amount of research that they should be. And I mean, it's not always to their detriment. I mean, some people just, you know, they get a dog and then friends sees and says like, oh, it's so easy. Like you should get one. I know someone who's got puppies and it just sort of happens. But it is important to think about, can you afford it? Can you provide what it needs? You know, do I need a purebred dog or am I better off getting, you know, something from the shelter? I mean, I personally just find with those, I just have a real problem with the brachycephalic breeds. I just think, you know, and I know they're so popular and lots of people love them and, you know, their personalities and whatever else. I just find it really hard to be able to support a breed. And again, as I said, it's not their fault. We've bred them this way, but we need to then be buying a version of them that isn't so broken, if that makes sense. So like, you know, if you're seeing a mum and a dad that, you know, their faces are just basically flat, do you really want to support continuing that line of breeding or would you rather buy from someone who's at least giving them a bit of a nose and, you know, the best quality of life, maybe a bit leaner, a bit like taller and more filled out. You know what I mean? Like I just, I just think being smart about it would be the best way to go. Um, on that one. So yeah, I just thought I'd use this platform just to say all those things, just little thoughts that I had. Um, I'm happy to go into more detail about breeds and stuff like that. If you guys had anything that you wanted me to look up or that you wanted my opinion on, I'm happy to talk about it. As I said, I mean, comments as always can go, you know, in the description on my YouTube, if you happen to be there or, um, through Twitter on cat eye podcast. And I'm really happy for you guys to let me know if you want anything like that. I just thought I'd give a quick little, not so quick, but a brief rundown on my thoughts on that sort of thing. Cause I just feel like those things get overlooked a bit. And I just think it's important to bring awareness to it a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I think I'll probably just look at something else to talk about now because, uh, I kind of have said everything I want to say there. So I might just move on from that. So I thought to finish this off on something that was a little bit more positive and because I've talked about them a lot um, on this podcast I thought I would bring up the story of how I actually got my rats it's nothing overly special I just think it's kind of a nice story and I thought why not I'll just chuck it in here because this is sort of a little bit shorter than I would like so I need something to fill it out I guess um so yeah Basically, I'd wanted a rat since I was like 10 years old and I was originally promised one by my family when I reached 15, if I still wanted one, that I was allowed to have one. Of course, I am, you know, crazy about animals and I went to the pet expos and stuff like that and I fell in love with rats and I thought they were so cool, so cute and I don't know if any of you watched the show That's So Raven, um, but her brother had this rat, I think his name was like Dennis or something. And uh, he was just, I was like, oh my God, like, and then I saw this one episode where they were like taking photos of the rat and saying like rats spelled backwards is star. And I was like, oh my God, they're amazing. And they're so cute and everything else. I mean, to be fair, the, the Cajun setup that that kid had in that show, like not ideal. And you definitely shouldn't be keeping one by itself, but it really was like just an animal that I thought was so cute. So like, you know, so many opportunities to do things with them. And I was just obsessed. Anyway, I got to about 15 years of age and for my birthday, I asked for rats as, you know, I was promised and pretty quickly got told we didn't expect that you were going to still want them at this point. So we're actually not prepared to give you any and uh, here accept this money instead. And I was pretty 
let down by that, to be honest, because I really was like so looking forward to this. Like I hadn't heard anything negative about it. They hadn't said they changed their mind or anything. So I thought for sure I was going to be able to get them. And we didn't have any actual pets at that time either. So I was like, you know, desperate for something. So I was pretty disappointed. Uh, one day, actually, in the backyard, we ended up seeing um, this white and brown rat, which looked like a pet rat. It didn't look like a wild one. It was one of the hooded rats, if you know that sort of stuff. Um, and we ended up actually managing to catch it in a net and took it inside, tried to get friendly with it. It was pretty aggressive. I'm sure looking back on it now, it was just a wild rat that was bred from a pet one of those you know so many years ago that escaped so I'm sure it was wild it wasn't friendly at all but I attempted to try and convince my family to let me keep it which ended up in actually a really huge fight and not a good time and we ended up taking it to our local vets for them to deal with well don't know what they ended up doing with him but that's up to their discretion um so yeah, it was pretty devastated because I thought I finally had my rat. Obviously, it didn't work out. And then years later, I was trying again to convince my mum since we had moved place. We used to live with my grandparents, but we moved out. It was just me, my mum, and my sister. And I again tried to convince her to let me get some rats. wasn't working. Eventually, convinced her that I, you know, could have a fish, which is what started my fish keeping hobby. Uh, so. I sort of put off on it for a bit and planned, you know, once I move out. And by this point, I would think I was like 20. So I like had one of them for a very long time and just, yeah, thought when I move out, I'll make sure I get some. It'll be like a goal. Anyway, I ended up, I think I was 22. I can't really ever remember. I think I was 21 or 22 when I moved out. And I ended up moving out with Harry at the time into a share house, which, uh, he ended up moving out after about three months. It just like wasn't a good time. And the combined space of one private room between two of us for both of us ended up just being a bit too squishy and him in particular, he needed his own space. So he was just like, it's a share house. So the only room that's mine is shared by you. And I'm just, you know, don't feel like I have enough me time, which it's totally fine. We, um, he ended up moving out, I think a month after he decided that he needed to be on his own, uh, or move back home, I should say. And just about, I think it was a week before he was going to move out. I saw this rat breeder who I followed a few of them on Facebook because I had moved out and I was like, you know, eventually I'm going to get some. And this rat breeder ended up sending out a post saying like, I have these five, rat babies for sale. Um, they haven't been sold yet. So any interest just stand me. And I was like, holy shit, Harry's about to move out. So I'm going to have, you know, be down to just me, Forrest and some fish. And I was like, this is my time. It's meant to be, I'm going to get these rats. And there was one in particular that was a color that I was like, had always imagined being my first rat, um, which his name ended up being Pesto. And he was like a cream and white hooded rat with red eyes. And he was so cute, so beautiful. And there was another boy. I always wanted two boys. I sort of don't really have as much interest in the females. I just like the boys' personalities better, but that's just personal preference. So um, ended up going with another boy that she had available who ha was like all white apart from this like one like black line above his eye, which kind of looked like an eyebrow. And I was like, oh my God, he's like winking. So I ended up calling him Winks. 
Um, and I think it was like I messaged her and then two days later she was like, yeah, like pick him up. And so I did. And all of a sudden I had these two rats and I was like, this is amazing. Like this is what I've always wanted. It was so exciting. Got all the stuff for them. Like, I mean, I'd done plenty of research anyway, just being like, as soon as I left home, I was like, game time, do all the research, learn about what I need to like, you know, get all whatever. So I was, wasn't like completely out of the blue. Like I was prepared for, it was just a matter of getting some babies available, which it just was like the right time. And yeah, bought the cage, bought everything for them. And they were so cute, so funny. And the only thing was though, because they were in my room, I, I mean, I knew that they were nocturnal animals, but I didn't realize like quite how crazy they were at night. So I would turn off the light and within 10 minutes of me trying to go to sleep, I would just hear like this manic like litter going everywhere, like running up and down the ramp. So like this metal like bang, 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 bang all the time. And like they would just like push and I'm not joking like I literally would see him like particularly pesto would just push the litter out of the cage onto the floor so every night I would hear all this like noise going on or them like drinking from their water bottle which is just like when you're trying to sleep it's a super annoying noise and in the morning wake up to litter everywhere on the floor and just yeah manic so it was like they were super cute and I love them but I was just like <laughs> Looking back, probably keeping them in the same room wasn't ideal, but hey, I wanted them and I made it work and it was fine. Um, but then having moved to my new place with them, I was like having them separate. It just made such a difference. I mean, I can still, like my house isn't big, so like I can still hear them at night, but it's just like having that little bit of a doorway, like where it blocks it, it's just so much more helpful. Um, but actually moving them to this new place, I had all my animals in the car at once. I just wanted to get all of them, like fish, rats, cat, everything. I wanted them in the house like first so that I didn't have to worry about them at all and could just then focus on furniture because I was really worried about the fish actually being like dying on the travel because I had quite a big tank or not as big as the one I have now, but I had a 70 liter tank um, with a few fish and I was just worried that like the plants were going to die or the fish were going to die or whatever. So I was just like really panicked about it and um, anyway I had this sort of foam container like cooler kind of thing that I got from work like it was just one of those things that like we got medications or something in and I had all the fish in their baggies in this foam cooler to try and keep like the heat regulated and the rats were on the chair like the back seat where just in front or just behind sorry of the uh, the fish bags and everything was going fine everyone was you know okay on the drive over but then by the time we arrived I you know went to go and grab the fish out and noticed like half the bags were deflated and I was like holy shit what the fuck's happened realized that the two rats the fish bags was close enough to the cage that they were able to pull them in and were chewing holes in them all so thank god it was on the top of the bag so like no water was getting out but it was just like ended up leaving the oxygen content a lot less and um, the heat was escaping a lot quicker so the bags were getting a lot cooler so it just like added to this like <clears throat> panic level like I was already stressed and then I was like fuck something is gonna die from this like this is not acceptable like I'm so panicked I can't believe I didn't think of that like I'm such an idiot luckily all the fish ended up surviving and it ended up being okay but oh my god I was like so I was like angry with the rats like why couldn't you just like chill but also I understand like oh my god it was just a nightmare uh, but anyway it ended up that sort of you know baseline of their little story um, and obviously I've got two 
new babies at the moment, Chester and Louie, uh, who I actually ended up getting because Pesto, he his birthday was in March of this year and then he made it to Easter and then just after Easter he started looking a bit thinner, not sort of his normal self and we believe that he probably had a brain tumour. Rats are like super prone to cancer so it was like we can't see anything obvious, he's over two years old, it's probably that. So we ended up euthanizing him, which was pretty sad because he was like my first rat and yeah, ended up watching Ratatouille that night as like a little tribute to him and like cried so much. It was just a time. Um, but because we no longer had pesto, Winx actually ended up, I think he got a little bit depressed from it. Um, he just became really sort of like into himself. He didn't really want to come out so much. It wasn't that he was like, you know, aggressive to us or anything, but every time we took him out, he just wanted to go back to his bed. Um, and then yeah, just wasn't doing a whole lot. So we ended up getting, um, getting a second cage for him and then thought we'll get it, get two more rats. Um, and then hopefully that might like, you know, eventually we can put them together. Um, and then that'll give him some friends because we're sort of going back and forth between, do we put him in with new rats or do we adopt an older rat to put with him? Um, and we decided that, you know, if we adopt an older rat to put with him, eventually that rat's going to be on its own because he was over two years old at the time. Um, and then if we got two baby rats and put them straight in with him, I mean, he's a castrated old senior rat. We weren't sure if two uncastrated younger babies would either team up on him and attack him from like a dominance point of view, or if he would be like, you guys are babies and you're in my territory, so I'm just going to like attack you. So we were like, best to keep them separate for the time being, um, and then we'll just sort of see how it goes. I wasn't really prepared to put them together whilst the two new ones were still um, entire, so they still had their balls, uh, because I was just a little bit worried about how that might go for either of them. Um, so I ended up waiting until about a month after they got their balls removed um, to put them together, just to try and make sure that like all any of that testosterone and stuff had gone um, and that sort of thing. And I ended up grabbing Chester out and putting him with Winx. And I just had them like, you know, cage to cage interaction, like, you know, not directly in each other's faces, just to see what they would do. And they just sort of were sniffing each other and it seemed kind of friendly. So I thought, okay, we'll grab Winx out and we'll put, you know, hand to hand. Like they can't, you know, if they can get to each other, we can, you know, move them away pretty easily. It's not hard. Tried that. They seemed really into each other. They were giving sniffs, licks, whatever. And at this point, Winx had probably been up by himself for a month without another rat friend. Um, so I think he was just super excited to have another buddy. And we ended up having all three of them on the couch and it was so cute. They ended up like grooming each other, running around, like following each other. It was amazing. And it really gave him this like new lease on life. And he just became so much happier. He would sit on the couch with us, even just by himself. Like he ended up loving musicals. So like we would put on a musical like um, The Sound of Music or Rocky Horror, anything like that. And he would just sit on top of the couch and just like almost go to sleep, but not quite, but just like really like into himself, like doing little chattery thing that like they do when they're happy. And so I feel like we gave him a really nice end of life kind of a moment. And he had his little friends and it was really cute. Him and Chester really seemed to bond more than Louis though, I must say. Um, unfortunately, Winx passed probably a month ago. Um, he just started getting a bit old his back legs seemed like they had arthritis he was starting to get skinny um we just sort of felt like it was time so he unfortunately has since passed and we just have the two babies chester and louis who aren't so much babies anymore but um yeah so that's who we have now 
which we are considering getting another two once um, some of these restrictions with uh, lockdown and the virus and everything like that calm down a bit. We are thinking of going and getting another two babies. Um, not 100%, but probably will because we liked having like a few of them. Like, I don't know, like two's fine. Uh, but there's something so cute about seeing like a bunch of them all running around together. It was really cute. Um, so yeah, but it's probably on the cards. We'll probably do end up doing it because we love them so much, but uh, hasn't happened yet, obviously, because we can't. Uh, and it's probably better that way as well, because, um, I mean, ultimately, if there's a little bit of a gap between them, then when, you know, either Chester or Louis, whoever ends up, you know, passing first, they'll be familiar with the other two that we have and, you know, have company for, you know, the rest of their life, as opposed to being by themselves, us having to go through the process of finding another one and all that sort of stuff like we did with Winks. So, yeah, I just thought I'd sort of express that little memory, memory lane, memory train, whatever you want to say with you guys, because I just kind of thought it was really cute. And I don't know, I don't feel like rats are put in this cute box very often. So I thought I'd just share that little story with you in case you find it interesting. But that's basically all I have for you guys for this week. I sort of didn't have as much planned. I just kind of was rolling with it because I was like, can't be bothered with anything else. So let's just do a podcast because I feel like it. So that's kind of where we're at. But I appreciate any of you that are listening. As I said earlier, if you feel like leaving a comment or anything like that, as I said, comment in the YouTube highlight or on my Twitter at Cat Eye Podcast. Um, anything else like that that you want me to talk about, that you want questions or have questions about, let me know. I'd love to talk about it. Otherwise, thank you for joining me and thanks for the chats and I'll talk to you all later.